0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. So in 2019, I read a piece by Dame Sally Davies, who was Britain's top doctor at the time, public health official, and she warned that a global health apocalypse was in the wings. She warned of a coming post-antibiotic, apocalypse. Superbugs, which have become immune to antibiotics because of their international overuse, are threatening a global apocalypse. And she wrote that many health procedures and health initiatives would be dramatically and negatively impacted by then largely ineffective antibiotics. So it's this isn't intended to scare anybody, but it's important that we know about it and as I've been investigating this and asking questions, you find that the World Health Organizations, as well as international governments, not all of them, but many of them, are looking at this development and have real concerns. Dr. Joseph Blondo is a microbiologist. He's the director of microbiology at the University of Saskatchewan. He's a frequent guest on this program. So I contacted Dr. Blondo and found out that he's written extensively On this issue is writing a new paper on it at the time. And before COVID, Dr. Blondo, this was your area of real interest, wasn't it? It certainly was. So I want to talk to you about this, obviously. But may I just ask you a couple of Omicron questions out of the gate? Of course. Where do we stand right now with what we know about Omicron? Do we know more? Do we know significantly more than we knew two, three weeks ago?
1: Um, The things that we do know, uh, we know that uh, as of right now, uh, most infections appear at least to be milder in nature. Uh, We do know that it seems to be easily transmitted. And there was data released uh, earlier in the week uh, by Pfizer indicating that in studies that they conducted on this variant uh, alone, that um, if you happen to have three doses of their vaccine, so if you had your first two doses and then a booster, uh, the level of neutralizing antibody was sufficient to protect you from, um, you know, severe infection or from infection with this particular virus. But they were also very quick to point out too that, you know, having two doses would probably protect you from severe disease. But it's a little bit of a moving target, Roy, only because we're still waiting for more data to come in. It does appear that with the mutations that have occurred in this particular virus that the amount of neutralizing antibody that's required in order to prevent it from, you know, causing infection um, um, has decreased, uh, meaning that you need more neutralizing antibody, in which is where I think some of the information on the vaccines will become important going forward. But there's still a whole bunch that's unknown. Uh, It might be that uh, this virus uh, may have arisen out of an individual infected with another virus. And as a consequence, it could have picked up some of the characteristics of another respiratory virus, Which may have given it two things one was increased transmissibility but it may have also decreased its pathogenicity so it's not as lethal say as what we've seen with the delta variant but once again i'm saying that recognizing that new information could come along and change those opinions
0: right well thank you for that and i may have another question for you at the end of the segment but let let me ask you about this whole issue about the uh the post-antibiotic antibiotic apocalypse that uh, Dame Sally Davies was uh, was talking about, and I'll, I'll just read from uh, Express Digest: "The world is in danger of a post-antibiotic apocalypse unless more is done to tackle superbugs." The chief medical officer has warned. Professor Dame Sally Davies said, "If the antibiotics lose their effectiveness, it will spell quote the end of modern medicine end quote." Without the drugs, cesarean sections cancer treatments, and hip replacements would become incredibly risky, she stressed, says the story. Yep. What do you say, uh, Dr. Blondo? Is she bang on on this? Well, you know, this is not new, Roy.
1: We have been, we have been concerned about uh, increasing antimicrobial resistance uh, for years, for decades, actually, and, and the overuse of antibiotics. So let me just give you a couple of facts that will help you to uh, put this into context. Um, Currently, um, it's estimated that uh, globally there are about 700,000 deaths a year due to drug-resistant organisms. And the World Health Organization has estimated that if this remains unchecked, meaning that if no new antibiotics are developed and we continue to see an increase in resistance, that there could be upwards of 10 million deaths a year by the year 2050 for people who get infected with these drug-resistant organisms and for which there isn't sort of a satisfactory therapy. And and the World Health Organization has actually gone on to develop a priority list of uh, critical, high, and medium um, uh, pathogens or bacteria uh, for which we really need new antibiotics, and we need them as soon as possible. So uh, what um, uh, uh, the quote that you read is, is really not that far off. It's really saying that if we continue to see resistance escalate at the rate that it's going, then we will get to a point in time, and, and we're actually there now for some bugs, where we just don't have an effective antibiotic for therapy. Yeah,
0: it was the words post-antibiotic apocalypse that caught my attention. You know, I, I know there's been concern about the overuse and overprescribing of antibiotics. I think for some doctors it's easier to write the prescription than to try to persuade a patient that they don't really need an antibiotic when, when they're standing there saying, I want it. I have a pimple on my nose. I want an antibiotic. Um, but it, when when I saw Apocalypse, and then I read further, and we're talking about r- what is considered these days almost routine surgeries would be, if not uh, not available, they would be incredibly risky. So it's there's no time to waste on this, is there? No, there isn't. And and, and the scenario is this. Uh, so let's just say
1: you have you're a patient, you come to the hospital, and you need some type of surgery. And a normal part of that surgery is to give you an antibiotic prophylactically. And, and so that antibiotic is given. And, and first of all, if it happens to be that, that you then become infected, so you develop a nosocomial infection as a result of your surgery. Um, so the antibiotic you were given prophylactically may not protect you against being infected with a superbug. And then if you become infected with a superbug, there may not be a regimen of antibiotics that are available to treat you. And unless your body can figure out a way of getting rid of this itself, then you, you may go on to die. And, um, and there are a number of reasons why antibiotics don't work in some people. And one of them is is that there are some people that have allergies to antibiotics. Um, certainly kidney function is an important consideration for, for some antibiotics. So there'd be some people that just can't take a certain antibiotic only because it would be more harmful to them than, than beneficial. But the, the real concern are these superbugs for which there are limited or no antibiotics available for treatment. And the person becoming infected, say, post-surgery, uh, with one of these bugs, and and then what do you do?
0: So, um, Dr. Blondo, how close are we to uh, being able to deal with the issue of overuse of antibiotics?
1: Well, you know, it's, it's, it's talked about all the time. Um, I mean, I've spent a lot of time on airplanes running around the world talking about our own research in Saskatoon and what we've been finding in regards to, you know, how resistance occurs uh, with antibiotic use. Um, and, and so this is very much in the public domain and it's very much within government domains uh, because everybody has a concern uh, about it. But I'll tell you where the real problem actually comes in. Um, most of the antibiotic development comes out of the pharmaceutical industry. And depending on the nature of the antibiotic and the patient population, it could be upwards of a billion dollars in order to bring a new antibiotic to market. And, and we've seen uh, prior to the COVID pandemic, there was one company in the U.S. that went out of business because they had an antibiotic. But because of the restrictions that were placed on the company in terms of where that antibiotic could use, they couldn't make any money with it, and they went out of business. And so as a consequence, the pharmaceutical industry is saying, if we develop an antibiotic and it costs us a billion dollars, and if we're not allowed to promote that antibiotic for use in you know, sort of a number of different indications, then there's no way to make back the investment. And governments trad- traditionally have not been involved in antibiotic development uh, so then, the question remains: Where is this going to come from? And and so it's a catch twenty uh, two. We need new antibiotics. Everybody's saying we need need new antibiotics, and companies are saying, I agree. We're prepared to do research, but not if we can't recoup our investment. So, so now it's sort of the wheels are kind of spinning, saying, How do we address this issue?
0: Yeah. Well, it uh, was it was deeply concerning when I saw a post antibiotic apocalypse. And, and talking about, and, and her quote was, it would spell, if the antibiotics lose their effectiveness, it will, quote, spell the end of modern medicine, end quote. And I wanted to talk to you about that. And Dr. Blondo, thank you very much for, for doing that. I feel, I feel a bit better now, but not, not completely better. I think I need an antibiotic.
1: Uh, Yeah, well, no, uh, if you don't need an antibiotic, then don't take one. But if you do need an antibiotic, uh, they're to be given to help uh, alleviate your symptoms and prevent the disease from progressing.
0: If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.